building an ark to save your house. This is Genesis 6, beginning with verse number 5. And God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and he grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Praise God. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. And Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, the end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood, rooms shalt thou make in the ark, and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make, make it of. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, the breadth of it 50 cubits, and the height of it 30 cubits. A window shalt thou make to the ark, and in a cubit uh, thou shalt finish it above. And the door of the ark shalt, shalt thou set in the side thereof, with lower, second, and third stories shalt thou make it. And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, wherein is the breath of life from under heaven, and everything that is in the earth shall die. But with thee will I establish my covenant, and thou shalt come into the ark, uh, thou and thy sons and thy wife, and thy son's wives with thee. And I'll stop reading right there, except I want to read the one verse of Scripture in the book of Hebrews. This is chapter 11 and verse 7. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of all, heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. Now the days of Noah are spoken of by the Lord Jesus himself in Matthew 24 uh, as days just before the coming of the Lord. He said it's going to be just like the days of Noah, just before the coming of the Lord, Matthew 24. But as in the days of Noah, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before uh, the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. And so Jesus spoke concerning the days of Noah 
describing them as uh, days like the days that we're living in right now, similar to the days that we're, we're living in uh, now. And a couple of characteristics that he gave there concerning them is that in the days of Noah, that, uh, that they uh, were eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. None of those things were wrong, the eating, the marrying, the giving in marriage. None of those things were wrong or evil. The, the problem was that in the days of Noah, they were oblivious to what was going on around them. They were completely uh, out of touch with reality as far as the seriousness of the dark things that were happening all around them. They were living as if God did not exist. And uh, that's the society today that is living as if, well, just live and let live. Just have a good time. And uh, not even consider the fact that we are uh, facing impending judgment. And certainly the coming of the Lord for the church, for Christians, will be a day of rejoicing. The catching away of the church will be a blessed day for Christians but it will be a day of judgment for those that do not know the Lord. It will be a day of, of uh, severity and the judgment of God for those that are, are, are left behind. And so the warning that comes to us concerning these days that we are living in right now is that we are to make preparation. We are to build an ark for the saving of our house. And we understand that the ark was a type of Jesus Christ. It was a type of salvation. And, um, uh, uh, but really the, the message given here is that Noah built an ark for the saving of his house. Uh, and that was that there was a certain responsibility that he had to his household and to his family to do what he could do to make sure that when judgment came, they were protected. They were saved from the judgment that was coming. So you can see some of the kind of uh, emphatic type language that's used here in this uh, text from Genesis chapter 6. God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. That their thoughts were, their, their thoughts, their motivations, their inclinations was all towards evil that and uh, uh, there is this this um, continuing continual direction away from God that was the kind of of world they were thinking never thinking about God or their responsibility that they had to God their inclination was toward evil and only toward evil it pretty well describes the world we're living in right now. That uh, nothing but evil that is all around us. Verse 11 gives a little bit more insight into what was going on in those days. The earth, the earth was corrupt. It literally means, the word means spoiled or ruined. It was just destroyed by sin. Sin destroys uh, Families, sin destroys cities, it destroys communities, it destroys countries. Sin uh, is destructive, 
and it ruins everything. The earth was corrupt, it was spoiled, it was ruined, and the earth was filled with violence. It's interesting that the word, the Hebrew word, is almost the same word in uh, uh, Aramaic, which is a word uh, that we're kind of familiar with now. The word is Hamas. That was the, that was the Hebrew word, and it was almost the same as the uh, uh, Aramaic word uh, that, uh, that means uh, Hamas, and we know that Hamas is a is a violent terrorist organization that we've heard about a lot in recent months. The terrible things that they have done as they went into uh, Israel and murdered innocent people, literally decapitating babies, doing some of the most horrific, horrible things, hard to imagine. That's the kind of society and world uh, that, uh, that uh, Noah was living in. And it's the same kind of a world we're living in today uh, that is corrupt. It is full of violence and depravity and evil, hardly uh, imaginable. Uh, you can't stoop any lower uh, than... Um, uh, than what is going on in our world today. And as soon as we think, well, it can't get any worse than it is, then some, some group or some, something, it just gets worse and worse and worse. That's the, that's the world. That's the uncontrolled uh, world that we live in right now that's wild and fierce and, and completely godless. That's the world we live in. And our households, our families have to be protected from that. Amen. We have a responsibility. <clears throat> and Noah, the Bible says that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. That's the first time in the scripture that the word grace is mentioned. It's the first time that it's mentioned. And it's in the middle of all this dark mess. In the middle of all of this hopelessness. And this corruption and this violence and all that's going on in the world. God reveals grace in the middle of all of that darkness. So you can be encouraged today to know that God will reveal himself and will show grace and provide grace and hope in the midst of the worst of circumstances that we are living in today. That's the God that we serve. Amen. Who reveals himself. With, with great grace, even in the midst of the darkest of situations. Praise God for that. John chapter 1, it says, And of his fullness have we all received grace for grace, or grace upon grace. Amen. That uh, There's a, a wonderful uh, uh, provision of the grace of God in the midst of all of the horribleness of the culture that we're living in right now, as wicked and evil as it is, God's grace is still strong and mighty to save. Praise the Lord. John 1 and 17, for the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. And so in the midst of all of this, Noah found grace and then Noah obeyed the voice of the Lord. He did what God told him to do. Now, uh, the, the thing of it is, is that the scripture is clear that God, yeah, the eyes of the Lord are open 
He's searching all throughout the earth. He's looking for people who have a heart toward him. And um, 2 Chronicles 16 and 9, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Amen. And so what's going on in our world right now is a whole lot of wickedness and it's almost overwhelming how uh, the direction of our world and all the evil that's going on uh, in our world today. And people are running after it with their whole heart, loving the world more than they can ever love anything that's good and pure and righteous, uh, uh, loving the things of this world. Amen. Do you know that over $100 billion was spent last Sunday night? $100 billion for a ball game? Come on. Things are out of control, folks. Things are out of control. Uh, we have billions of dollars of debts in our country right now that's put ourselves, our country in great jeopardy with many nations of the world. And we're spending $100 billion on a ball game. We're, our priorities are twisted completely uh, out uh, uh, of sync with what's really, really important. But in the midst of all, as, as, um, uh, as the, that uh, culture was going down the tubes, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Praise the Lord. And so Noah, even though the whole world was going one direction, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, which gave him the power to go the other direction. Amen. It's easy to go with the flow of the world. It's easy to go with the flow of what everyone else is doing. But Noah found grace. Grace is more than just God's favor. Grace is power from God. Grace is the power of God. It gave Noah the power to fight against the, the world and the culture of that day. When everyone else was going downstream, he was swimming against the current. He was going against the current of the world at that time because he understood. He understood that, uh, that his family and his household was worth it. It was worth it to take a stand and to do what was right. Amen. You know, we have a responsibility to pass on, and I'm grateful. I'm, I'm very blessed because I've had a godly heritage passed to me, and I'm grateful for that. But I also recognize that I have a big responsibility, and that is to pass on to my children and my grandchildren an understanding of the things of God, to know God, to live it before them, and uh, to live as an example of godliness and righteousness before them, uh, to show them and to, to hand to them a Christian heritage. That's my God-given responsibility is to pass to them this responsibility and to give our families uh, a place of safety and security, a safe haven. And that is in the body of Christ and in the family of God that do we pass on to this next generation uh, uh, by the grace of God. Amen. The things that are absolutely necessary. So how, do you, how can you do that? How can you build an ark to save your house? Well, first of all, you're going to have to get saved yourself. You're going to have to be born again yourself and live for God. Live a faithful, consistent Christian life. 
uh, in this world. Yes, you'll be swimming upstream. You're going to be going against the current. It's, go- it's not going to be easy. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be tough and difficult. Can you imagine all that Noah was dealing with? Can you imagine? I mean, it had never rained before. It had never flooded before. There were no other boats uh, built that I know of. And now he's building this massive ship. Uh, and uh, uh, it takes him 120 years to build it. You talk about dedication. 120 years. And while he, when he's not working on the ark, he's preaching righteousness to that generation. And so he's a builder and a preacher of righteousness. He understood that he had this physical responsibility to save his household. And he also had the responsi- uh, responsibility to obey God and to do what God told him to do. To build it exactly by the specifications that God gave to him. That he was building the ark. And he was a preacher of righteousness. Amen. How in the world could Noah do it? Well, I think Hebrews 11 gives us a little insight into how that he could do that because it says that it was by faith that Noah, after being warned of God, began, that he began building the ark by faith. It took a lot of faith uh, to take the lead. Dads, takes a lot of lead, a lot of faith to lead your family in the right way. Moms, sometimes moms, a lot of responsibility falls on you. Sometimes even single moms, you have a big responsibility to lead your family. But uh, God can give you the strength and the faith to do it, to lead them in the ways that are right. And no matter how far away that they might stray away from, uh, from the voice of the Lord or even from the things that you have taught them, There's still going to be times when they're going to call you and say, please pray for me. I've got this in my life. I've got this trouble in my life. I have this problem in my life. They know where to go to get help. Hold on to your faith because they're going to have times when they're going to have to have help. And you're going to have to be that strong, faithful person. Amen. They can hear the voice of the Lord and do what God has called you to do. Can you imagine the work that was involved in building the ark? For some of you that, had, that have visited the, the, uh, the replica of the ark uh, up at uh, Williamstown, uh, and you look at that massive structure, and you, it's, it's unimaginable to me that, uh, that a man could build something so, so large and so detailed, uh, and the work that was involved in that, and in spite of all of the ridicule that he was facing, no doubt, the pressures that were on him, the expense that was on him, the mockery that came toward him, but yet he was bold, he was confident, he had heard the word of God, and he was going to do what God had called him to do. He only was able to do it by faith. Amen. If you're going to build an ark for the saving of your household, you are going to have to be a faith-filled leader. You're going to have to lead your household in the ways of the Lord. Another thing that's in that verse, it says that, that he um, uh, heard the voice of the Lord. And the Bible says he moved with fear to prepare 
an ark for the saving of his house. So Noah was led by faith, but he was also motivated by the fear of God. Fear moved him. Let me tell you, the fear of God should motivate us to want to save our households. Amen. The fear of God should cause us to want to do whatever we could do. You see, the fear of God is something that's it's just missing in our world today. Uh, the things of God are made a mockery. The church is made a rock mockery. Uh, uh, the Bible is mocked. The things of God are mocked. And the fear of God is gone in our world today. But the fear of God is just an awe of God. It's just a reverence of God. Don't ever lose your awe of the things of God. Don't lose your awe of the presence of God. In our country, for the most part, it's gone. It's gone. And uh, it's, it's unimaginable to me, but, uh, but uh, the, the profanity and the language that people use, I'm talking about even people that are supposed to be our leaders in our country, that should be examples, and they use the worst profanity, the worst language, degrading themselves, and there's no fear of God in their hearts or their minds at all. It's lost the fear of God. Sad to say, sometimes even in the church, people have lost the fear of the Lord. God help us to be motivated, to be moved by the fear of God like Noah was. He was moved by the fear of the Lord. He recognized that judgment was coming. And if no one else would be believed it, he was going to preach it anyway. Amen. He was a preacher of righteousness. And he preached all of those years. And even though uh, the world and the society, the culture of that day rejected the message that he was preaching, he preached it anyway. Amen. And he was faithful uh, to do it. He was moved by fear, motivated by fear, by the fear of God. Not a, not a fear of God, but the fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord, the respect, the awe, the reverence for the things of God and the presence of God and the soon coming judgment of God. And so he moved, he was moved by faith, that he was moved by fear. And the reward was his family followed him. His family listened to the message. Even though all those that he was preaching to in that generation were rejecting and no doubt mocking and turning away from the word of the Lord that he preached. But here he is uh, preaching and uh, those behind him, his sons and his daughter-in-laws, his family, they all heard it, they all believed it, and they followed him. Praise God. Amen. Third John chapter 1, verse 4, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Amen. No greater joy than knowing that your children, your grandchildren come to know the Lord and have a desire for the things of God. I've told you about our little granddaughter, Emma. She's going to graduate from high school uh, in a few uh, few months in May, and uh, during the season that they were in England, she was really influenced by a secular mindset and, 
Erica and Kyle were so concerned uh, about her and just her thinking that was so affected by people, the, her friends and different ones. They came back uh, to the States and were stationed at Tampa. They, they put them in a Christian school and uh, they found a church where the pastor was preaching the word of God and uh, the change has been dramatic. The change has been wonderful uh, for her. And I had such a great time over the holidays with Emma because all she wants to talk about are the things of God. She just wants to talk about the Bible and about what do you believe about this? What do you think about this? And she, all these different verses of scripture and it was so obvious to me that God had done a mighty work. And I have to tell you, nothing brings greater joy than, than you see your children and your grandchildren with a heart for the things of God. Amen. Oh, what a transformation uh, that the gospel can bring into the lives of people and for your family to know God and to love the things of God. Praise the Lord. What a joy it is. Little Tate, he's the youngest one, just two weeks ago, for, for a long time, I don't know how long, months, he's been saying, I want to get baptized. I want to get baptized. I need to, I need to get baptized. And Erica was just kind of holding him off. He's young. And, and, uh, and so she talked to him uh, about the seriousness of what was going to happen. And the pastor talked to him about it. And two Sundays ago, they sent us the video of Tate getting baptized. Praise God. Hallelujah. What a blessing it is when your family has an interest in the things of God and are following after the Lord. Amen. Nothing more important than that. We are called of God to build an ark in the midst of all of this corruption and all of this evil of our world right now. That's the most important thing. Do your children, do your grandchildren know the Lord? That's the most important thing. Amen. It's one thing, you know, I know that people point, they push their kids into different kinds of education and they want them to succeed in business and they want them to have money and they want them to have uh, possessions. And I, I, nothing wrong with a lot of those, those things, but they are all way down the line of priorities. Amen. The number one priority is, do they know the Lord? Are they walking in truth? Are they following the Lord? Do they have a heart after God? That's really what is important. So in the middle of a culture like we're living in right now that is just so vile and wicked and, and uh, uh, so much darkness everywhere we look, the grace of God can shine. Amen. The grace of God. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord in the middle of all of that mess. There was the work of grace that took place. And God can do that. God can do that in your life, in your household, in your family. If you'll commit your ways to the Lord and commit to building an ark, a spiritual place of safety for your household and your family. Amen. And I just say, do what you have to do to make sure that your children are following after the Lord. Amen. Nothing more important than that. Amen. It may, it's going to take a big investment of your time, uh, investment of your money. Things like Christian school cost a lot of money. Um, a lot of things that we do uh, in an effort to point them in the ways of the Lord. It's expensive. It's, it's, uh, it's an overwhelming sacrifice. But it's worth it. It's worth it if you're building an ark for the salvation of your household. Amen. 
That's what Noah did. And he saved his family. He saved his household. And God can use you, mom, dad, grandma, grandpa. He can use you for the preservation of your household and your family. Praise God. Father, thank you for your word and the example uh, in, in the word of God that's given to us, Lord. We know that we can, we can, by faith, we can build an ark. We can move with fear, Lord, and do your will. And I just pray, Lord, that you'd stir our hearts, that you'd stir everyone in this service today to recognize that even though we are faith with so much darkness all around us in our world, Lord, that the grace of God can manifest and can shine bright and can work mightily in the midst of all that's going on right now. We thank you for that. Praise your holy name. Glory be to God. Would you stand, everybody?